you have no doubt heard the stuff and i'm saying the word nicely because it's a family show (laughs) that's circulating about dimming the sun to help with global warming we have a lot to unpack here on the common sense show and i mean we have a lot to unpack my name is dave hodges i'm the host of the common sense show and we are the show that is freeing america one enslaved mind at a time we're brought to you by patriotflashlight.com patriotflashlight.com is a it's a flashlight like none other and i'm going to refer you to the website at patriotflashlight.com to get the details but just briefly they absolutely have no batteries it's all solar powered it can power your other devices and it can do about 15 other things that are absolutely fantastic and they got a really really great price right now good through the holidays patriotflashlight.com by the way the flashlight shines two miles absolutely fantastic ladies and gentlemen we take a look at this very very serious situation involving dimming the sun i i can't even believe they're suggesting it what they described in a couple of articles that i've read and i've referenced this on the, my website the commonsenseshow.com that researchers from harvard and yale have come out and said well we've put cold particulates in the uh, lower stratosphere about 12 miles up we can block a significant number on amount of sunlight and we can actually stop global warming in its tracks but then the article goes on to say but it's really costly we'd have to spend two and a half billion dollars a year and it would take a lot of time uh hello hello are you paying attention to this do you realize that chemtrails just moved from conspiracy theory to actual accepted mainstream i hate to call it science because the article was so poorly researched so we'll call it pseudoscience but it's out there the globalists are bringing this out in front of us they're admitting chemtrails are real but they're trying to pretend like they're bringing it in for the first time and they're not so we know chemtrail has been with us for over two decades and we know about the debilitating effects if you followed this at all aluminum barium in great increase in alzheimer's disease uh, autism i mean we could go on and on with all the cognitive defects that have been linked through correlation measures to chemtrails you know and we've had a whole generation grow up and i want you to consider this for a second we've had a whole generation grow up that they see chemtrails in the sky they think those are normal contrails you have to go really to have people who are over the age of 35 40 years of age that said it wasn't always this way planes when they laid out those jet streams they dissipated they didn't turn into clouds that enveloped and blocked the sun for the rest of the day we didn't see the checkerboard patterns 25 years ago that's a new phenomena but you know for someone who's 30 years old this is what they've grown up seeing so it's really kind of hard to convince them that this is not some kind of conspiracy theory because they see it as being normal it is not normal but they're bringing it out of the closet now we have to ask ourselves why are they bringing this out of the closet after two decades of abject denial well number one i think they need public funding i think the black ops funding has been dried up by trump that would be my guess and i will also tell you that i believe that they need to take it into congress to get this permanently funded because they've been doing it for some time in fact let me back up when we talk about how chemtrailing affects the sun what i read most often is that about 15 to 20 percent of sunlight is blocked from reaching the earth that's how effective chemtrailing has been this affects planetary crop yield and i've long said that this could be a depopulation move using food as a weapon in the long term and it's something that i've considered to be a real possibility also too 
when we look at the effectiveness of chemtrailing, if you're looking at it as a depopulation weapon, well, I think Alzheimer's and uh, some of the other cognitive disorders we're seeing that are fatal, I think that's an excellent way. It also compromises immune systems and on and on and on it goes. I mean, chemtrails is a lose-lose proposition for humanity. The only ones that benefit are want to see less of us here, and now they want public funding. And this is how I'm seeing it. Tell me what you think, but dimming the sun. Oh, and I need to add one more thing to this, too. I think this is really an interesting and intriguing aspect of this. When we first started to deal with the effects of man-made, of well, shall we say, man-made effects on the climate. Okay, we'll call it that. And man was the big producer of chlorohydrocarbons. Man was the big producer of CO2. And the earth's going to fall apart and the North Pole is going to melt and it's going to submerge all of us in water. And when Al Gore was telling us this, he proceeded to buy a $10 million house on the beach. That's when I knew it was a load of bull. What's really at work here too, there's another aspect to this, is that how would you combat climate change would you just chemtrail or would this open the door for other things that have already been tried and failed like cap and trade where every piece of energy that you use is monitored and controlled and pat wood talks about this in his concepts related to technocracy here in the phoenix area not too far from where i live you had 800 volunteers several years ago, still on the program, volunteer for Arizona Public Service Program, where they actually had computers run all of their appliances. So if it's 110 degree day heat in June, and you're going to wash your dishes and also dry your clothes, that computer is going to make some decisions about, no, you're not going to do that in high peak energy times. We're going to make you wait until nighttime. Sun goes down, less energy usage. That's the kind of thing that these people are going through. They were the first ones to get the smart meters in the Phoenix area. And we're not seeing any updates on the progress of this, shall we say, trial balloon. That makes me suspicious in itself. Why aren't we getting periodic updates about how is it going? What do the people say? Do they like it? Have they polled these people? If not, why not? So when we take a look at all these things too, we have one more thing to unpack here. And that would be the name. When we first started down this road of man-made bad effects on the environment, we called it global warming. Yes, the little polar bears will have nowhere to sit. They'll be treading water in the Arctic. Well, that didn't happen, did it? Actually, the ice sheath in the Arctic has increased by about 13% because we're going through a cool cycle. In addition, global warming was totally discredited by something called ClimateGate in 2008-2009. You may recall this, where emails were hacked in communications from East Anglia University in the UK to Penn State University in the United States. And the emails basically said this, what will the public say if they find out that the temperatures haven't gone up in the last 15 years, they've actually declined? Well, we'd have to change the data a little bit to support the movement. And that's what came out, and they called that climate gate. Well, the globalists went into damage control, and they came up with a new term. Let's forget about global warming. 
Now it's climate change. And this was actually a brilliant move because if it's too hot, it's climate change, man-made. If it's too cold, it's climate change. If we get a bad tornado, it's climate change. A hurricane, it's climate change. Everything that happened to the planet negatively from a weather perspective like nothing had ever happened negative before is now blamed on climate change. And so we went from global warming to climate change to explain every weather phenomena. Yet not one shred of scientific proof goes to support the fact that man is the biggest contributor. When I was teaching Sociology 101, the intro class to Soch, and we would look at climate change. We would look at the new cities of the future. And I asked the students to come up with research that would explain man's contribution to CO2. That's right, man's contribution to CO2. Man contributes less than 4% of all CO2. And then I asked a further question. If we curtailed all energy use, how much impact could we have on man's contribution to CO2? What would be the effect in the overall picture? Well, you know, if man's only contributing less than 4%, that number is going to be pretty low, and it was. It was almost zero. So even if we wanted to make changes, we are not bigger than Mother Nature. And one of the things they never talk about in climate change, you get one big volcanic eruption, it equals all the CO2 and all the other stuff that man puts into the environment as a result of its energy usage since the beginning of the Industrial Age. You don't hear that discussed. And by the way, who decided global warming would be a problem? What's the genesis of this? Well, I used to interview Dr. Tim Ball quite a bit. And who's Dr. Tim Ball? Well, among many things, and he wore many hats in his life, Dr. Tim Ball absolutely was the first man to receive a degree in environmental science, climate change, global warming, if you will. And he went from being a student and a professor of it to someone who said, there's nothing here circumstantially or even with correlated data, direct research data, to say that this is true. In fact, when they had the first global warming conference in the 1990s, they had it at Kyoto, Japan, and they called it the Kyoto Protocols. The people went there for a week, and they partied for six days. They drank sake, they played golf, they had all kinds of fun. And on the seventh day, they go, golly gee, boys and girls, we've got to make sure we come up with something so it looks like we're productive. The world is watching us, and they need to know what we've come up with. So they didn't have a day filled with seminars and research offerings. They took a vote. They voted on whether or not man was a contributor to global warming, and they voted in the affirmative. Now, since when does science work by voting? Well, short answer, it doesn't. But sometimes it has to work that way if you don't have any other data, which they did not. That was the genesis of the science. Now, let me just say this. I'm going to back up for a second. Is there climate change going on on this planet? Oh, yeah, big time. If you've ever listened to Dane Wigington on the Common Sense Show, you know how serious this problem is. It threatens all of humanity. And you go, wait a minute, Dave, you're giving arguments against it. No, I'm not. I'm giving arguments against the man-made blame on these natural occurrences. But our geoengineering is the main culprit. I'm in complete harmony with Dane Wigington on this point. These experiments we're doing with Project HARP, all the other things we're doing with weather modification, Air Force owning the weather 2020 is a famous document that's on my website. You can look it up in the search engine. I've got all the patents there 
for the acoustic weapons that can alter weather, can induce earthquakes. It's absolutely frightening what's going on. But this is geoengineering. And where does geoengineering come from? Well, they're the people behind dimming the sun. Did you follow the line of reasoning, ladies and gentlemen? They're dimming the sun. Now, you can argue what are their motives. I personally think it's about bringing back the concept of global warming, putting it front and center. I think it's about public funding now for chemtrails because we're saving the planet. And I also think it's about hiding their bad deeds for what they've done in the past by legitimizing it through acts of Congress here in the present. Because they have liability for the damage they've caused to the environment and the effects on our health. But they're not going to see it that way and they're moving to cover. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That's it. That's how I see it of what's coming with dimming the sun. Dimming the sun is just more of the same. Sorry, it's not, nothing's going to change. I don't think we're going to see more chemtrails. I don't think we're going to see less chemtrails. We're going to see chemtrails are real. And gee, is this a wonderful thing they're doing? They're saving the planet. Anyone who speaks out about it, you're a lunatic. You're against humanity. You're a conspiracy theorist, a fear monger. You could already write the answers, couldn't you? Tell me what you think in the comment section. By the way, geoengineering needs to be undone because it could undo us. So you people out there say, Dave, I'm an environmentalist. I think that we're in trouble. I agree with you, but not for the reasons we're told. You driving in your car has almost no impact on this problem. You and a billion people driving in your car have almost no impact on this problem. What has impact on this problem is what's going to come out of it. Lower crop yields, more sickness, more illness. Yeah, something to consider. Let me know what you think in the comment section. I want to thank you for being so attentive in this. My name is Dave Hodges, and again, I am the host of the Common Sense Show. We're really glad we could bring this to you. And I just wanted to mention to you that we'd like you to share this on your social media. And we will see you back here again next time.